morning that he said he'll never leave you. He's never forsake you, but he said he'll go with you always. Amen? Listen, he's been there. Praise God.
All right. And <laughs> just across the street over there, I was telling Brother, you know, we was in Florida last Sunday. I had to drive several hours to get there and back. And this morning, we left the house a little early. We was here just less than two minutes, brother. I don't even think it took two minutes. We got out on the highway and turned the blinker on just like that. You know how some of you are, you know, somebody pulls out and turns the blinker and you're like, what was it? That's because I wanted to turn. Amen. Praise God. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. He is good. You know what? I'm thankful for it. I want Christy to come around. How many of you are thankful for the grace of God? Amen. It's all about grace this morning. You know what? We don't deserve grace. But he gave it to us. Listen to The grace never has to help. 
Ooh. 
Amen. If it wasn't for him going to that cross, amen, he gave us eternal life. Yeah, you know, is it okay if we do a couple more songs? Is that all right? If it's not, just take it off the tail here. Just a few minutes, all right? I'm just kidding. But uh, I, I, I want these ladies to come around and do a song. I'm changing it up here a little. But I want these ladies to do a song. You know, every time we went in the studio and did an album here and there, and uh, we took this song. The girl from, a lady from there wrote this song. We fell in love with it the most. We sent it out, and it's been played all, of them. and, and, and it, it's just, it's just, you know. you know, a lot of times, we try to do everything on our own, though, before we call on Jesus. You know what, all we had to do was just trust Him to begin with. Praise God. Listen to this song, God bless you.
But, uh, but it has been a joy to be with you today. Thank you so much for having us. Good to see you. And uh, we're going to end our part of uh, this great song. And if you know it, we'll invite you to uh, sing, sing, help us out. Uh, but we've got a lot to be thankful for, don't we? Let's do this together. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Amen. God bless you. getting scared for a second because I thought you wanted me to come up and sing with you. And so I'm, I'm thankful that it was Jim. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. We appreciate y'all's heart and, and your gift for music. And, and we've really been blessed. I know, I know I certainly have. And I saw some of y'all, y'all look blessed too. So, so thank y'all for sharing your gifts. Um, we're going to ask Dr. Dale Huff to come uh, at this time to preach. Dr. Dale, come on up. And as he comes, I want us to pray for him, pray for him as he preaches, and um, pray for us as well that we will hear his word, uh, not just 
Dale's word, but God's word through him. So, so uh, come, come on over here. Let me pray for you. Pray with us, church. Father, I thank you for the incredible impact that this man has had. Um, we know that you have done a great work in his life, and, and the results have borne themselves out over many years of ministry. Um, God, I, I know there's many a church around here, around the whole state, um, that have been impacted by him in very positive ways. When he is pastored, when he has done work through the Board of Missions, there's men that have been mentored by him. There's there's folks that he has helped get started in ministry. There's there's folks that he has helped recover from terrible situations. God, there's been there's been a lot of fights and in problems that he has come in and and shown some of your grace in the midst of. The you only know the impact that he has had. So Lord, we're thankful for him. We thank. Thank you for his heart. We ask that as he comes to preach, that you would give him the words to say. Speak to us through your word and through him this morning. God, we thank you for everything you do for us. We ask now that your word would speak in our situation, in our day, in our hearts. That, Lord, you would bring your word to life in us. And that we would then take that word to those around us. Father... Be with us in this time. Speak. We, your servants, are listening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael. Uh, thank you. Heartline. I tell you what, that's wonderful singing. I tell you. Happy homecoming, y'all. Uh, it's good to be with you. And uh, I bring greetings to you from Tom and Wanda Green. Uh, they speak so highly. Yeah. Of Crestview, and they love you folks, and I know you love them as well. Now, I'm in kind of a spot here between great singing and good food, but life can't be all fun. There's got to be some preaching every once in a while, and I want to take, I want you to take your Bible, and I want you to turn to Luke 15, and that chapter has uh, three parables in it has the parable of a lost sheep and the parable of a lost coin and the parable of a lost son. And it's a homecoming story. It's a story of a son who was gone and came back home. So I thought, well, on homecoming, I'm going to share the greatest homecoming story in the Bible, the parable of the prodigal son. Now you're familiar with it. I see you shaking your head. Turn to Luke 15, let's see, verses uh, 12. Oh, I'll read all the way through verse 24. That's not the total parable, but that's most of it. That's what I want to talk about today. Verse 12, and he, he being Jesus, oh, when Jesus is talking, what do you do? You lean forward and you cup your ear. You want to hear what Jesus has to say. And Jesus, he, Jesus, said a certain man had two sons. I saw a lady just a moment ago. I think she had two sons. Yeah. Lanelle and I, my wife and I, we have two sons. We can understand. We can identify with having two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me. That's not unusual for a child. Give me. Give me. First child, first word a child learns is mama. The second word a child learns is dada. The third word a child learns is mine. <laughs> Give me, it's mine. I want it, it's mine. And that's what he said. Give me, give me mine. I want what's mine. Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me, what I'm entitled to. Well, there's a lot of talk today about, I want what's mine, I want what I'm entitled to. You know, if I understand, if I understand the Bible correctly, let me tell you what you and I are entitled to. Let me tell you what we're entitled to. We're entitled to a sinner's eternal hell. Everything beside that is grace. He said, give me what's mine, what I'm entitled to. And he, the daddy, divided unto them, he and his brother, is living. Verse 13, 
And not many days after the younger son, oh, he was gone. He said, my name's gone. I got what I want. My name's gone. <sighs> Gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. My grandmama used to say he took off over Fool's Hill. Is there a Fool's Hill around here? I bet there is. I bet there's one in that direction. I bet there's another one in that direction. Is there? I bet there's a fool hill over there too. And I wouldn't be at all surprised. I'm sure there's a fool hill back there. Any direction you go with a rebellious attitude, you're taking off over fool's hill. Went into a far country. Now you won't find that on the map. Far country. Far country is not a geographical place. It's a spiritual state. It's a spiritual condition. You can be in a far country sitting in your house. You can be in a far country sitting in this worship center. A far country is, is a determination of your relationship with the Lord. And if you're not close to the Lord, you're spiritually in a far country. And he went into a far country. And there, what does the word prodigal mean? We call this the the uh, parable of the prodigal son. But what does the word prodigal mean? Oh, you may think, well, it means sinful. No, that's not what it means. Now, he was sinful. He was sinful. That's not what the word prodigal means. The word prodigal means wasteful. He was wasted. He wasted, let's see, let me get back to the word. He wasted his substance. That's what made him prodigal, his wastefulness. This is really... This is really another parable. Jesus told a lot of parables about stewardship. This is really another parable about stewardship, about best using what he's given you. It's possible to waste it. And this young man wasted. He was a terrible steward of what he had. He wasted his substance with riotous living. So he was a sinner. Other translations have a sinful living or wild living. He wasted his substance in sinful living. Verse 14, and when he had spent it all, he'd spent it all. And the devil came to him and said, what's in your wallet? And he said, it's all gone. I don't have anything in my wallet. And the devil laughed. <laughs> the devil is a deceiver. He's the one who tricked that guy into the far country. And then he laughed at him for being there. You fool, you fool, <laughs> you fool. It's all gone. You blew it. <laughs> there rose a mighty famine in that land. He began to be in want. What's that old saying? Waste not, want not, waste and want. He wasted and so he wanted. Verse 15. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Good Jewish boy. Good Jewish boy slopping the hogs. Hogs are unclean animals to Jewish folks. Here's this good Jewish boy. The only job he could get was slopping the hogs. And he, verse 16, and he would vain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did he? He looked at that. He looked at that pig feed. He was so hungry. He looked at that pig feed, and it looked like a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken, extra crispy. That's how hungry he was. The pig feed looked appetizing, appealing to him. Banana pudding. But nobody gave him anything to eat. Verse seventeen. This is part of the gospel good news of this parable. And he came to himself. One of the great compliments Jesus gave to sinful man was in his waywardness, in his rebelliousness, in the far country away from the Lord, he wasn't his real self. He came to himself. He recognized that that's not what God created him to be and to do. He came to himself there in the far country. He was just a carnival, carnal caricature of his real self, what God intended him to be. He came to himself. He said, my daddy has servants who, who are better off than me. 
a bread to eat, and I perish with hunger, I'll arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Just let, just hire me on as a hired hand. Just hire me to work in the fields. I'm not worthy of sonship. Don't call me son any longer. Just say, hey, you, come here. Do this job. Just hire me as a hired hand. I've sinned and I will arise and go to my father. We'll say unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. All sin, all sin is a sin. Now he realized that. All sin is a clenched fist, a raised a blow to the face of God. I'll do what I want to do. I don't care what you need to do. I'll do what I want to do. He said, I realized I've sinned against God and I've sinned against my daddy. He arose and came to his father. But when he was a great way off, his father saw him. You know, you know how and why his father saw him a great way off? Because his daddy had been looking for him several times a day. Can't you imagine this grieving father who had lost his son? Can't you imagine this grieving father several times a day looking up? He had been out in the, in the fields working and he looked up and shielded his face from the sun so he could check the horizon and check to see if maybe he could see a familiar gate his boy coming home. And that day, he looked, oh, there he is. He's coming home. He's coming home. Homecoming. Homecoming. He's coming home. Had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But his daddy didn't even hear him. His daddy said, hey, hey, strike up the band. Let's kill the fatty calf. Let's have a barbecue. Let's have a party. The son has come home. For this, my son, verse 24, for this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost. He was lost and is found. They began to be merry. I like this story. We... First, look at the at the wayward son. Let's look at the wayward son. He he was he was wrong headed, wrong headed, strong will. I mentioned my wife and I. We have two sons. The first of those sons was strong will. About the time he was young, James Dobson, who who founded Focus on the Family, James Dobson wrote a book called The Strong Will Child. I ran to the store to buy it. And we read it and reread it. And it was dog-eared because we, we referred to it many times to help us with our strong-willed son. strong will had a mind of his own. I'll do what I want to do. I don't care who it hurts. I don't care if my daddy cries. I don't care. I want to do what I want to do. strong will. I was mainly reared by my grandparents and my grandmama, whom I called Mamma. Mamma, when I was a young teenager, she'd try to talk some sense into my head. And I'd sit there and I'd debate her and I'd refuse her and I'd resist. How many times I've heard her say, son, 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 him what won't see has to feed. In other words, I'm trying to show you what's right. But if you won't accept it, you'll just have to learn a hard lesson. Him what won't see has to feel. And this this young guy wouldn't see. I'm sure his daddy tried to talk some sense into his head. His son, no, I'm gone. My name's gone. I'm gone from here. One father said, oh, what a hurtful thing it is to see a child <coughs> make a mistake, foolish mistake, and you can't really fully stop them. You just have to sit there and pray and mourn and moan or their, their mistakes is going to hurt them so bad. Now here's a progression. He was strong-willed, <clears throat> and his strong will led to selfishness. And his selfishness lead, led to sinfulness. And sinfulness led to separation. Now that's a common progression. Selfishness is the essence of sin. <clears throat> and uh, you, show me a, you show me a selfish person, I'll show you a sinner. 
You show me a sinner and I'll show you a selfish person. And he said, I want what I want. And it led to separation. He was gone, left his family. Sin leads to separation, separation from God, separation in your family, separation in your workplace, separation in your church place. Sin says, I won't get what I want, pride. And it leads to separation. Well, he was wrongheaded and he was wasteful. What did he waste? What he wasted his inheritance. He wasted money. Goodness, Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of stew. The prodigal sold his birthright, sold his birthright for a bottle of beer, for a roll of the dice. Oh, and he wasted some youthfulness. Ecclesiastes 12.1 says, Remember your creator in the days of your youth, knowing that the youthful years are foundational and formative. If you, if you toss them away, you lose some of the best years to build character and to build integrity and to be the kind of person God dreamed of your being when he first thought about you. And he just threw it away. He wasted. And because he wasted, he wanted. I said it earlier. The old saying, waste not, want not. He wasted. Then he wanted. What did he want? He wanted some food. He was hungry. You ever heard somebody say, I'm hungry? I'm from East Tennessee. I'm a hillbilly. I know what the word hungry means. Now, if somebody comes to you and says, I'm hungry, buy them a cheeseburger. If somebody comes to you and says, I'm hungry, buy them two cheeseburgers with fries. <laughs> he, was, he was hungry. And he wanted somebody to treat him like he was worth something. See, he had buddies. He had friends when he had money. Billy up to the bar, boys. The drinks are on me. And oh, what a great boy he was. He bought, ah, he had friends, fair weather friends. When his money ran out, his friends ran off too. And he looked around, nobody cared about him. One of the saddest verses in the whole Bible is Psalm 142, 4. It says, I looked on my right hand, behold, no man cared for my soul. The psalmist said, I looked around, nobody cared for me. Nobody cared whether I lived or died, went to heaven or hell. Nobody cared for my soul. And this prodigal, this wayward son in a far country, he said, nobody cares about me. They don't care if I live or die. Nobody cares about me. So he's wrongheaded, wasteful, wanted, and then he woke up. He woke up. He said, hey, the enemy's, the enemy's me. The problem's me. It's not my daddy, as strict as he is. It's not my peevish brother. The enemy, the problem, he's me. So he said, I'm going I'm to go home and see if my daddy willing to accept me back as a hired hand. I've, I've forfeited my sonship because of my stupid, strong will, but I'm going, I'm going to see if he'll hire me on as a laborer. Oh, I've already talked about it. You know the story. Goodness, you could come up here and tell the story better. Went home. And here's where the parable shifts. It really shouldn't be called the parable of the prodigal son. That's not the most important part of this story. It should be called the parable of the loving father. You see, in this parable, in this parable, the prodigal is me and you, us, and the loving Father's God. That's what this story's about. Us being prodigal, us being sinful, and God being merciful. That's what this story's about. And so it should be called, it should be called the parable of the waiting of the loving Father. I, uh, now, it's a commentary on me. I accept that. But I, I've never cared much for ballet. Now, it's a commentary on me. I, I, I know that ballet's okay. I've just never cared much for ballet. Now, last December, my wife and I went to the first ballet I've ever been to. And I was 75 years old. I'll be 76 in just a few weeks. I was 75, and I went to my first ballet, the Nutcracker, the Christmas ballet. I'd always wanted to go see the Nutcracker. It's good. You need 
And then, but I don't know if if the if Swan Lake, another see, I don't know about ballet. I just know Swan Lake's supposed to be a big, wonderful ballet. If I were if, if it were being presented close enough for me to go, I, I might go to see Swan Lake. But I saw some years ago where on PBS they were showing the ballet The Prodigal Son. Now, as preacher, that caught my attention. While I'm not interested in ballet, I thought, boy, I'd like to see what they do in a ballet called The Prodigal Son. And it was choreographed by the great ballet choreographer, George Balanchine. I thought, well, I'm going to watch it. And I did. And it showed the sun in the far country. And it showed the sun coming home. And it showed in that ballet, the sun coming, the daddy standing there, standing still, arms crossed, looking up. And showed the sun coming on his knees to the daddy at the daddy's feet. Big, now in the ballet, there's no, there's no voice. He wasn't talking. It just showed him pleading with his daddy. Daddy didn't even look down at him. Daddy looked up. The boy in that ballet, the boy, the prodigal son, climbed up his daddy's body and cradled himself in his daddy's arms and the daddy never even looked at him. And I thought, oh, no, 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 no. Balanchine may get an A in ballet, but he gets an F in Bible. Because in the story, the Bible story, the real story, the true story, the Father, the Lord, the Lord God is receptive receives, receives, beckons, come to me, come to me. He comes to us, come to me. It's a wonderful, wonderful story of homecoming. And I'm glad you come home for Crestview's homecoming. But the invitation, guess what the invitation is? Prodigal son, prodigal daughter. Uh, you don't have to be young. You could be 81 years old and be the invitation is come home. Come home to the Lord. Come home to the Lord. Come home to the Lord's church. It may be that you've drifted away from the Lord, that you've drifted away from the Lord's church, and, and the invitation, come home, come home, come home. Ye who are weary, battling on your own, you're going to lose. You need the Lord. Come home. This could be a real homecoming for somebody come home to the Lord and come home to the Lord's church.